Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All pirates, yes, they're all by. All dice of the merchant ship. Association based in New York City. 
because they recognize the need to to bring this issue to to the forefront for you know for for Belize, so that we can focus on this 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 killer disease that is treatable if we access it right. So I am not an expert in it. Uh, they are the experts. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say no more. But please sit back and enjoy the discussion and take it very seriously because these people are in the belly of the beast. They're doing the job. They're not just talking about it like I am right now. They're doing it every <laughs> single day. So I'm going to stop talking. Ivana, are you on the line? Hi, good morning. Good afternoon for those on the East Coast. Good morning to Belize. How's everybody doing today? Clay, take one off. Hi, Clay's with me, and um, I recruited Camilla Levister, who is the diabetes educator that we took to Belize last year. She's really the expert. We are just um, folks who really responded to a need that was highlighted uh, about four years ago. Um, My background, just so folks can know, I do have some experience. I'm a physical therapist by discipline, and I have my master's in public health. So I do have a perspective, but I'm not a diabetes expert per se. I would say fairly... um, above average knowledge of treating patients who are blind and patients who are on dialysis. And, of course, from the rehab perspective, those patients who lost their limbs and needed um, prosthetic training. Okay. So, Hubert, you can go ahead and ask me whatever you need. Okay. So let me ask you this. Then you said you started this four years ago. What was the impetus? Well, to be very truthful, we were inspired. I remember we were... um, Hubbing, you know I love to travel, and those of you who know me, that's what I live for right now besides um, my family and my gorgeous grandson. But I love to travel, and we were um, stopping over in Miami, and we went to a, um, a, what is it called, a Bath of Belize Association of Florida function, like a barbecue, I think. And we met um, Debbie Atkins, whom I've known for a long, long time, and and Bala, um, Leslie, and they told us about that they had access to hundreds of monitors um, in Belize City that they were sending down to the Belize Diabetes Association there, and that they needed fundraising for the strips. So that was how we really got interested in saying, well, you know what, we could do a little fundraising here in New York to help them, you know, to help buy, um, buy strips for all these monitors that they were getting. And so back in July of 2010, I believe, it's either 2010 or 2009, gosh, the years go by so fast, we had a 4th of July fundraiser. And um, at the time, you know, like I said, we, it was very successful. The turnout was really great. And after that, my people said, you know what, Van, we can do this. this you know, we, we can make a difference. Let's do this fundraising and, and see how we can help. So that's how it's really started. That's how our organization started. My friend Ernestine just came in. Say hi, Ernestine. Into the studio, Clay said. The studio of her living room. Say hi, Ernestine. Hi. Hi, Ernestine. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, what, okay, what were some of the initial um, things that you did after your group got started in Belize? What were some of the things that you did to, to, to impact um, that, that, that disease in Belize? Right. Well, like I said, we really responded initially to the monitors, but as a healthcare professional, I am aware that monitoring your blood glucose is not 
the answer to having a healthy life with diabetes. You know, you have to um, you have to make sure you exercise. You have to make sure you're you're eating right. I mean, it's nutrition, it's it's education, and really understanding that. But to answer your question specifically, the first thing we did was purchase the strips for all the monitors that were that were done in Belize. I'm going to let Clay tell you a little bit about um, how much that was. Okay. Uh, I think our initial uh, purchase was about, I think it was almost 500 boxes of strips uh, mm-hmm. given to the Belize Diabetic Diabetes Association in Belize. And uh, it wasn't necessarily to be distributed because uh, if they, they have a little storefront there, they have to have some kind of revenue generated. So I'm not for... Uh, given but however it's just basically to uh, to start the phase of them uh, taking care of themselves uh, bringing the prices of things down because they don't have to buy uh, prices like from Romax Brodies these guys are uh, very high so make it uh, feasible for the Belizean to afford mm-hmm. and we're not in the strip business strips is very important in the managing of diabetes however you need to know your numbers in order to do it right. Where, okay. Vanessa had said, monitor, uh, monitor of the, the A1C is really the key to know what level of diabetes uh, you have, whether it's type 2 or type 1, and then you know uh, where to monitor yourself from there. And that's where the expert comes in and finish uh, <clears throat> giving the people uh, 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 something and some strategy how to live. Right. So our first... Um so we did that because, you know, this was just a matter of us. Uh, we did the fundraiser. We got the money. And the fundraiser was really for strips. So we were true to our mission. And, you know, just if I can back up a little bit and tell you guys about, about our mission. Um, our mission is very simple. It's to identify and address the needs of Belizeans living with diabetes by prevention by maintenance, which basically means, sorry guys, education, nutrition, and medication management, and wellness, mm-hmm. of course, um, mm-hmm. with, the, with the overall purpose of decreasing disease and disabilities to live healthy lives. Our vision is to be the organization of choice for New York Belizeans, and I, I think we're probably going to have to change that because we get support all the way from Hawaii, um, mm-hmm. uh, and California and um, Chicago and Germany. I mean, all over people have really um, just so stepped forward and really supported us. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to change organization of choice for New York Belizeans and put um, Belizeans living abroad, I suppose. Okay, New York in the diaspora. I mean, I'm mean, sorry, Belizeans in the diaspora. I think Clay said something that I wanted perhaps a little clarity on. Um, is it, I, I, I just want to make sure that I understand this and my listeners. It, is this an issue with the this price, the cost versus, say, why the, the disease can skyrocket because people don't have access? Well, I know they don't have access to the medication, as you guys pointed out, but is, is it cost prohibitive? Is that one of the reasons? Absolutely. I'm going to let him talk about it because it's something that he's, like, ultra-passionate about. Well, uh, cost is the primary uh, inhibitor in uh, letting the Belizean people be able to know their numbers. And knowing your numbers daily is very, very crucial to know how you're monitoring yourself and how you're doing in terms of your um, your diet. Not necessarily the diet itself, but the diet, the numbers is very crucial, right? Knowing mm-hmm. that this morning you wake up, your number is like, uh, I would say, maybe 150 or 200. So you know what to do with your next meal. 
right? Mm -hmm. So these are the crucial things. Now, when it comes to cost, it is very, very important that the people could afford to do that, to check their numbers daily. Some of them cannot afford to check themselves more than once every two days or three days for that matter because it's cost in the sense that it's about $75 from the major stores for a month's supply. Mm -hmm. Now, I try to, in, in our initial uh, impact in this uh, area, was to try to say we could bring the prices down to like less than a dollar a day if they only check it once a day, right, in terms of the, the price of strips. So this is very crucial to make it uh, affordable and let them learn to understand the disease and how they could manage it with exercise, the diet, and knowing their numbers. Numbers are crucial. And uh, also, Hubert, I'd like to add on the, the cost. I think a common thing that happens is that families over here mean well, and they will buy this fancy um, monitor, AccuCheck, you know, you name it. Oh, mm -hmm. they're so accurate. They're so wonderful. But then one box of strips costs like $90 U.S., and I know this because one of my friends in Placencia asked me to buy, and I said to her, I don't want to call her name, but I said, um, why don't you just call the BDA in Belize City Commercial Center, get a box of, uh, get a monitor, and then pay the Belize price for the strips. I mean, it was 90 U.S. dollars for 30, for yeah, for 60, for 60 days supply. I mean, who has that? It's, it's ridiculous. And, of course, um, and it's business, it's commerce. You know, um, Brody's and, and the pharmacies, they sell them because people, families here send it. And I'm not, I have no investment, um, the disclaimer, I have no investment in this product that comes out of Florida. Um, but what I do know is that it affords people to have a monitor to purchase the strips uh, at a minimum cost and, and monitor themselves. So, yes, the costs are really... The other part, the, the other part of cost is this, Hubert. Mm -hmm. If there's one centralized type of monitor in Belize, that should bring down the cost of purchasing uh, in bulk, which is from the Belize Diabetes Association in Belize, to bring the cost down. So this is the crucial part, is to bring the cost down that is affordable for the average person in Belize. One beer, in, I mean, this is Belize dollars we're talking about. One beer is equivalent to three strips if you want to buy, go that route. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. So just, yeah. So just oh, because mm -hmm. of a beer, I think, you, could, um, you could be buying a strip, okay. Mm -hmm. Right. I think, I think moving on, though, from the cost, because, I, you know, we do have an hour, right, Hubert? You yeah. said one hour. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, yeah we like just want to make sure that it's mm -hmm. the... So um, critical points for folks who are listening, and um, I, am sus I am guessing that most people who are listening probably have someone in their family who is a di diabetic or they themselves are, are diabetic. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit, and um, I don't know if Camilla is on the line yet, but I did ask her to call in. Where is she be calling is in from? Um, from Texas? She would be calling in from that number I sent you. Okay. Did I send you okay. the number? New York. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I'm going to look for it. I'm going to look for it and see, um, you know, if I, you know. Okay. If I, yeah, um, so far, I, I have her to call. Yeah, and I think Betty, our vice president, is also supposed to call in. But okay. I just wanted to talk a little bit about not the, uh, the type of diabetes. Type 1 is when your body doesn't produce insulin. And as you know, our body needs insulin to transform glucose to energy. And when that is affected, then we can't, and we end up with hyperglycemia, which is uh, increased blood sugar in the blood. 
Um, type 2 is when the body doesn't produce enough insulin or the insulin is being produced and it's just kind of hanging around and not uh, right. And some of the risk, risk factors for that, for the first one, type 1, is really um, it's unknown. We don't know why the body, like, for example, why the body just doesn't do it, the pancreas shuts down. Um, but the common one is type 2. And the risk for that is family history, being overweight, um, sends your cells in, like, confusion, unhealthy diet, sedentary lifestyle, hypertension, of course, and or ethnicity, unfortunately. Um, so some of the things that could happen, and again, in our mission, we alluded to it about prevention, is really preventing blindness, which is very common, diabetic retinopathy, and, and, of course, all you have to do is just get regular checkups. Um, cardiovascular disease, which we talked about. I, I was looking at some stats, and I got um, something from the International Diabetes Federation, and it's online if people want to look at the actual numbers. But it says that our prevalence is 15.88%, uh, and that 13.4% of Belizeans currently are living with diabetes, which amounts to 40 approximately 45,000 people. Now, that's a having lot said that, that's, 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 right. that's, um, and we know, don't high. know the undiagnosed ones. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing, that there are a lot of people kind of walking around with diabetes, and sometimes it's when, when something, I mean, they will go blind before they go to the doctor and find out. Um, if my mom was here, she would tell you that the clinic does offer uh, intervention. Oh, boy. Okay, one second. Um, does offer intervention. The clinic is there. The nurses are there. They're being educated. People are there. So, you know, people just have to get out there and take it seriously and not just say, oh, I have one touch of sugar. And I'm going to turn it over to Ernestine because she has um, a couple family members that really kind of floored her, and I'm going to let her tell you just maybe a typical scenario. Okay, before we go on, let me just tell my listeners, you're listening to... Um the Belize Diabetes Association of New York, and I was I'm talking to Clay Young, husband and wife Clay Young and Vanessa Jenkins, and now Ernestine. Um, um, these are all passionate members of this group who have decided that you know what, enough talk. We're going to start doing something to impact that disease, that you know that can be treated with the right uh, information and and access to the to, to the products. So they are doing something to actually, you know have an impact on that, Belize, that, that disease in Belize. Um, also, okay, Ernestine, here's a question I have for you. Van mentioned that there were different types of diabetes that you know, a person can have. What are some of the, in Belize, in Belize itself, in the country of Belize, is it across the board? Is it a more type 1, type 2 versus, you know, what are the level of, um, in terms of numbers, well, not, well, numbers if you can, but what are, what, are, what are the most common ones that we see affecting Belizeans? We don't have any statistics on that, but uh, person, personally, um, my on my father's side, he lost. We lost him and all his siblings due to diabetes, mm -hmm. in many different forms: amputations, uh, dialysis, um, which is renal kidney failure, renal failure, and blindness. Uh, just a variety of different things. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that part of it is psychology because I remember when my aunt used to come from the States 
and come home, she was a diabetic. She had gone into a diabetic coma here in the United States. And when she would come home, she would stop by my grandmother's house and said, Oh, Miss Eva, I'm here. Please make me some tarts. And she would come and eat the tarts. And I remember this as a little girl. And then give herself the insulin on our porch. And I, used, I was terrified as a child because I never liked needles. Mm-hmm. But I actually saw her eat the tarts and take the insulin. And I think this is a min- misconcept with many people who are suffering from diabetes that you can eat what you want, you can do live any type of way. And one of the things is major things is exercise. And I know that exercise plays a very important, um, intricate part in diabetes because I also have a friend who was a diabetic and his numbers were extreme, the most extreme we had ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And he never collapsed or went into a coma or anything. When you say numbers, what Ernest, Ernest for, for, my, for my listeners, remember, bear in mind, I'm not, a, I'm, I am, <laughs> I'm a neophyte when it comes to this, you know. When you say numbers, uh, please explain because, you know, I, I mean, for someone who's Num- not diabetic, with- you know. Okay, with the numbers, because when you do the strips, right, when, they, when you go to the hospital and they test your blood for sugar, they're looking at numbers. When you talk about A1C, they're looking at your numbers over a three-month period prior to your test. That's the A1C. So those numbers are not supposed to, the A1C should not exceed six. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. When you are like 5.9, you need to, you're pre-diabetic and you should start looking at your diet. You should start exercising, right? So let me ask you this, when, they te- when you say six, six of what we're talking about, six blood sugar counts or hypertension, is that, that what we did? Is that what we're talking about, saying numbers? No, that, they, have, they, they test the blood, right? That's your hemoglobin. Okay. That number for some people can go up to like 15, which, which is... We, camp, we saw that at the camp in yeah. Belize yeah. With, a, with a child. At 14 now, that's telling you that you really need to look at what you're eating, exercising daily is very important. And medication. And medication at that point, yeah. you definitely need to not skip your medication because some people think, you know, you are on medication and they're not really maintaining. You know, I have someone who... Someone who wants might want to ask a question. Let me see if I can. Uh, hello, caller, uh, 609, 609 Air Code. Do you have a question for, for, the, um, for the diabetes group in New York? Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, um, this, my, my name is actually Camilla Levister. I am a diabetes educator and um, oh, okay, work with you. Vanessa okay. in Belize. Okay, you have been on the line. Okay. I wasn't sure when to speak up. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you, the individual, that, that um, young lady that Van said was going to call in, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You yes. can ask her all the questions. All the okay, events. great. Well, uh, well, let me just say, okay, I um, I am live with the Belize Diabetes Association of New York, and these guys are, you know, making an impact on the disease in Belize, and you know, they're doing an excellent job. Um, I was just talking to Ernestine, and we were, you know, we were discussing about, um, you know, numbers. You know, numbers. So I, like I said, I yeah. I don't have diabetes, so I don't really know numbers. So I, I I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find what these numbers really mean to someone who, who you know, who's concerned about that disease. Well, as okay. I was telling so you, about that. No, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, I'm 
Yeah. Go ahead, so, um, Ernestine brought up some good points about uh, numbers in terms of the A1C, which Camilla, she mentioned right? was a yes. Right, Camilla. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so she had mentioned that that was a three-month average, generally like a two to three-month average of your blood sugar numbers. The easier way to say it, basically. Um, that's different than the test that a diabetic will do on a daily basis or should be doing on a daily basis where you're just like pricking your finger, getting some blood, and getting what your blood sugar is right at that moment. So when you're doing those finger sticks to see what your blood sugar is at that moment, that will give, you know, if somebody has diabetes, it's giving them an idea of, you know, how things are affecting them in that moment. So those numbers, um, in general, for somebody that doesn't have diabetes, the fasting number, like when you first wake up, you haven't had anything to eat, should be below 100, usually between 70 to 100. Mm-hmm. For somebody with diabetes, um, it's optimal if they can have a fasting blood sugar at that level, and depending also, you know, if the person's a little older, we're a little bit more lenient, um, so maybe, you know, waking up at between 70 and 120 because somebody who's older, low blood sugar can actually be an issue for anybody um, with diabetes, especially on insulin, but um, that's another thing you have to watch out for. So basically those, those finger sticks that you're doing are a very important part of your day-to-day. The hemoglobin A1C, that three-month average, is measured in a different way, so you're not going to get a number like, 70 or 100, it's measured as a percentage. So okay. Ernestine said if you're 6% or above, then you want to start looking at your diet. So if your hemoglobin A1C is even above 5.7% really, then you really need to start looking at some of those factors, um, what your weight is, what's your family history, because that's definitely something that plays a big role in type 2 diabetes, Um, you know, what's your exercise level like? Are you sedentary and making those changes and talking to your healthcare professional to get, you know, information on what are some things you can do. For Mm -hmm. people with diabetes, the recommendation is to have a hemoglobin A1C less than 7%. That's according to the American Diabetes Association. Um, So, I mean, those are some of the basics really, in terms of the numbers. Uh, there when you say, when you say hereditary, I'm sorry, Amelia, I just wanted to, yeah. um, I just wanted to um, clarify something you, you mentioned. And when you say hereditary, for example, let's say my mom has been diagnosed with, say, type 1, I, you know, I, well, she, they said she has diabetes. Okay. What, what, what should I be as an individual, or your dad, or whatever? What should, what should be the, the person who, doesn't, who has not been diagnosed with it yet? What should be their concern? So if your mother, for example, were diagnosed as type 1, you actually don't have the same exact risk factors type 1. I think as Vanessa had mentioned is um, not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have the same genetic link or hereditary as type 2. Type 1 is an autoimmune disease, uh, which means basically that your body's cells are attacking other cells that are necessary for your body. In this case, the cells that make insulin. Um, mm-hmm. What I would be more concerned about, actually, is if your mother had type 2 diabetes. Um, and this is the more common type of diabetes, as Vanessa also mentioned. If your mother had type 2 diabetes or any um, 
first-degree relative, then I would tell you you should be getting tested every, at least every three years if you have risk factors aside from hereditary also, like you happen to be overweight or obese, you have high blood pressure, you have high cholesterol. Those are all things where I would really encourage that person to, you know, be tested regularly. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is if you are overweight, looking at ways you can decrease your weight, um, you know, usually diet and exercise. Um, for anybody, I think whether you have a, you know, mother, first-degree relative with diabetes or not, cutting out a lot of the, the sugary drinks are going to help anybody's health, really. Um, and then also looking at the amount of fats you're having, specifically, you know, saturated fats, butters, um, anything that's not, you know, rich in omega-3. You don't want like fried food, and that's all the things. So. Let me ask you this then. I have to look at myself. I'm, I'm an example of that because my father was. You do, and, this is Ernestine, correct? Ernestine, is that you? Right. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And so Go ahead, Ernestine. I really did not look at it earlier at a younger age. And when I did start going to the doctor, um, my numbers were great. And so because they were good, I tried to keep them good. I am missing one thing, and that's the exercise, and I am getting ready to work on that because I'm getting ready to retire, and, you know, when you retire, you tend to get lazy. Mm -hmm. Camilla, can you share share with the audience um, your observations about the diet in Belize? Because everybody knows that, you know, our favorite Sunday dinner is heavy, carb-loaded. And can you just talk about the compliance and what you you observe and, and interact with the folks? Just well, before I you go on, though, I want to, well, Camila, just one yeah. second. Let me just ask this because I, I want to tie that into what Van said because this is relevant. So, is there a correlation between obesity and diabetes, or and what is what, what are some oh, of the issues? Definitely, of obesity definitely, and definitely. There definitely is a correlation between obesity and diabetes, especially. And like I was saying before, especially if you have, a, you know, a relative, you have, if you have, you know, a first degree relative that has type two diabetes and you're obese, like that's something you really need to look at because already you have a lot of risk with the genetic factor, but then the obesity itself is a risk factor for diabetes. And it has a lot to do with um, fat metabolism as well. So I'm not going to go too much into that, but um, that's definitely something that people need to be mindful of um, in terms of risk. Okay. um, Van had mentioned also that, you know, our diet, a Sunday diet, which, you know, which is a traditional dinner in Belize, rice and beans, salad and chicken, you know, it's very carb-laden, you know, we, you know, I mean, what, if you, okay, I'm not want to scare anybody and say, don't eat no more rice and beans, salad and chicken and well for Sunday, but what are some of the things you would counsel people to do in terms of the diet in Belize, or Belizeans in general? Wait, say that? That's our tradition. What are some of the what are some of the, what are some of the things that you would counsel us to do because our diet is very carb-laden, especially when it comes to, um, you know, or like I said, the rice and beans, salad and chicken, which is a traditional yeah. Sunday dinner. Well, I, you know, we have traveled to a few different areas, and what I tried to get an idea of with each place that I went were what were some of the examples of the non-starchy vegetables, so um, things like, you know, tomatoes, peppers, like anything that's, that's not basically, um, you know, potato, hard starch, 
I can't even remember some of the foods now. I feel bad. I want to go back. <laughs> but um, so Tortillas, so, um, Camilla, remember? Remember what? Huh? In, um, in Independence. Remember in Independence, the lady said that she knows she's not supposed to have so many tortillas, but she had nine tortillas. I, oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> you so almost corner floats so into With corn, some, I think. With, yeah, corner with some of that, we basically worked on like what are some ways that maybe you can make some substitutions and cut down like. You know, for some people, I wasn't going to be like, okay, go from nine tortillas to one tortilla. Um, so I was kind of talking about gradually cutting back. But one thing I noticed in a lot of the regions where people actually did have a very good knowledge of, yes. you know, like what general healthy things to eat were and what, uh, like, starchy vegetables were versus non-starchy vegetables. But it was just, you know, the, the confounding factor was like, well, how do I change the way that I'm just used to eating? Um, so, and one of the really important things that I believe in um, is not cutting out, you know, the things that you like, but really looking at your portion sizes. So, in no way would I tell somebody, you know, don't eat that, but you really have to look at your entire plate and, mm-hmm. you know, th- make some decisions based on that. We did something very basic, um, kind of using, um, you know, like, foods that people are already used to, but breaking it down into, like, looking at your plate and doing half your plate with non-starchy vegetables, another quarter with protein, another quarter with carb, or, you know, sometimes you have dishes that are mixed together with, um, you know, some of the starchy root vegetables and um, with meat and, you know, making sure that you dedicate an appropriate portion of your plate to that, but then, you know, more of the plate with your non-starchy vegetables that you have access to. Um, you know, that's another important part, too, is keeping in mind, like, what do you have access to in your area rather than having to, you know, go out of your way or spend excess money to be healthy. Okay. Well, you know, let me ask you, you know, and Van, this is this is something that um this, you know, your group is doing. I understand that you guys have taken teams of, uh, team of people down there, doctors, to to address, to address right. you know, directly on the ground. Talk to me. Talk to us about you know what 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 were some of those. What we've done so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first year, like I said, the first fundraiser was really about all the strips, just to match the the monitors that were done in Belize. But then our second year, we took two podiatrists and we did. Um, we went to Belize City, uh, Orange Walk, and Dangriga. And we served over um, 140 people in all three locations. And, and the intervention and the education was amazing. As a matter of fact, last year when we took Camilla, the folks in Dangriga said, when are you bringing back a podiatrist again? Because it was so necessary and that people actually, their limbs were saved by the education and the intervention that they got. Wow. So that was mm-hmm. 2010, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. 20, 2011, no, we formed in 2010. 2011, we took the podiatrist, and 2012, we participated in the juvenile diabetes camp. And that year, we took down two physical therapists, and Ernestine actually is a teacher in special ed and and a coach and a counselor, and so worked with the kids for self-expression. And what we found was that a lot of the children uh, um, complain that the teachers in the classrooms think they're faking and don't recognize, I'm sorry, I had some crabble and some. Uh, <laughs> Wait, the teachers think the kids are faking? 
I'm we sorry. Would, so, yeah, some of the kids complained that, um, that the teachers didn't recognize their symptoms and didn't understand when they had to leave the classroom to get, you know. And it was interesting because when they did some skits, most of their skits was around teething, what we call teething sweet, they said because sometimes they were okay. out and about, mm-hmm. and they would have to get a candy so fast, and, you know, people would, um, would think that they're stealing, but as much as it was just because they know that their sugar was dropping and they needed to pick it up. So that was a very interesting um, um, week that we spent in Belize that year. And then last year, of course, we recruited Camilla. We went to, if you guys see us on Facebook, we go every year to the Diabetes Expo, and we basically go around and tell people we're from Belize and... You know, are you? Would you ever be interested? And Camilla said yes, and you know, she's a joy, um, and so knowledgeable, and everybody loved her, and such a trooper. Because we had her like crowded in the back of the um, the four by four, going to um, Dangriga and um, and uh, Independence and and Punta Gorda. So that's what we've done so far. Clay, you want to add anything? Don't forget that year also we had um, we had sponsored the. the Juvenile Diabetes Camp oh, yes. food for that year. We yes, spent over $3,000. Yeah, year. La- that's correct. Last year, well, the year when we went there, um, and you know, um, uh, Mr. Castillo and his team do a great job outreach and, and everything, but we were concerned about the lunch that was being delivered. Um, again, was carb-loaded, carb and the, 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 the kids' um, values, I mean, their numbers were crazy, some of them. So last year we said, you know what, we would sponsor the lunch for the camp, but it had to be approved by um, a certified nutritionist. And I think mm-hmm. Robin Daly um, and gave her approval. I'd love to work with you, Robin, if you're listening. We'd love to have you um, um, for this year um, in a mission that we're doing. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we, what we have done so far. And this year, if you, did you have any more questions around that? No, I no. I just want to. Essentially, what I wanted to to um, to, to be communicated is that what you know what what exactly you guys are doing specifically. So, people, if people want to get aboard with that, people want to help. They know what you know. What are some of the things that the Belize Diabetes Association, based in New York, are doing specifically in the, in, right. in the country of Belize? We we really stress the education part of it, and as I said in our mission, yes, we you know um, equipment as needed, education as needed, skilled personnel as needed. Um, whatever as needed. What we find that we're not really needed is in the eye department because we have a very um, robust, I would say. I don't know if it's grant-driven. I really don't know too much about Belize. I think it's called BCVI, I think it is, and it's in every district, and, and people have access to, um, to eye check, eye checkup, examination, eyeglasses. And one of her first stops was to Dr. I think Leotine Garcia, in Dangriga, who runs that particular clinic, and um, she said that they're there for people. The glasses are really cheap. And then, of course, I think the Rotary Club goes in. I think it's annually. Again, I, I don't know too much about that. But um, So that's one area that we don't really feel like we need to, to spend too much um, of our resources on. Now, mm-hmm. this year, I'm looking at the time, because I, I want to make sure that we get two things in. I'd like Camilla to go over some signs and symptoms for folks to, um, so that they can know, you know, um, what to look for. And I'm going to turn it over to her, and then before we close, we'll talk about our mission this year, if that's okay with you, to you, Bert. Yes, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, Camilla, you, um, 
you can you know discuss with us you know the signs and symptoms that Van um, has just mentioned. Certainly. So um, the main signs and symptoms with diabetes are um, increased urination and increased thirst. So somebody might notice they're waking up multiple times in the middle of the night, having to urinate, um, and just another issue, too, is with the increased thirst, a lot of people don't necessarily address it with sugar-free beverages or water. They're having things with sugar, so that makes things even worse and makes the blood sugar even higher. Some people also have increased um, hunger, when they have high blood sugars and undiagnosed diabetes. Um, not so much in the type 2 population, but the type 1 population can have pretty um, rapid weight loss as well. Uh, and also in terms of signs, and another thing you want to look at too is, especially if you're concerned about type 2 and having symptoms, think about do I have other risk factors, like we mentioned, obesity, family history, what's like in terms of ethnicity, you have higher risk. Um, if you are of any type of Latino background or um, black, um, even Asian, you have more risk um, than Caucasian. Uh, okay. And lastly, also fatigue is another thing that you might experience. And some people, if they're having high blood sugars for long periods of time, might notice that they're having vision issues. So those are all things that you want to look at. Okay. Um, as, as well as um, Camilla, as well as um, if they have wounds that are that are um, oh, yes, very and frequent yeah. infections, um, yeah, those types of things as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. If you're noticing you have a cut and it doesn't look like it's healing the way it usually does, it's staying open mm-hmm. and longer. Definitely, mm-hmm. you should be concerned. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Van had, you know, I, I had spoken off, you know, off the record, me and Van about this. The culture of Belize tends to be one of the things that um, we, I don't know, I mean, we don't take, I don't know if we don't take it seriously, but, for example, if you have a cut or something, you know, you might just take it for, well, basically what I'm saying, I don't want, I want to be sensitive. We take a lot of things for granted as far as this disease is concerned. Van, is that a fair statement? Yes, I think we, I think, yes, definitely. The, I think it's the world, though. That's what I was just going to say, because um, I was at Harlem Hospital for 19 years before I went to Bellevue, and one of our um, reporting, and, 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 and Camilla can tell you about this, too, is that we monitor diabetes com, uh, compliance, and compliance is indicated, again, by the A1C as well as the daily numbers, and compliance throughout the world is very poor, and, and she, mm-hmm. she can tell you more about that, but I think we all, just anecdotally, I met a gentleman. I remember we took the um, two physical therapists to do cave tubing, and I, and, you know, I wasn't that bold. I have to confess um, to go do it. So I sat there, you know, just waiting. And and this gentleman, we just started talking, and I told him what we were doing, and he actually knew my dad, and he was almost blind. And he said to me, oh, you know, um, I have diabetes, but yeah, I lived a good life, and you know, I'm good. And and I just, I was flabbergasted. I was like, what? But you don't have to. You do not have to. And I think, along with all of us, is that we're just saying that if you manage yourself well, pay attention to all these things that we're saying, you can live a, a very healthy life. I mean, Clay's mom, um, another one of her inspiration to to for, to do what we do is 74, I think, or 75. Yeah, she's 75. Mm-hmm. And she's lived with diabetes for a very long time, over 40 years. So, but she is on point. I mean, she does 
everything that Camilla says you're supposed to do, and she's very in tune with her body, and she checks her numbers, and she what you know watches what she eats. And exercise and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Go ahead, Camilla. No, actually, just to jump in on kind of a point that you were making in regards to compliance and also something that Ernestine had said earlier, I mean, in terms of compliance itself and the psychological point that Ernestine mentioned, like, diabetes is so much related to behavior, too. You really have to be making those changes. It's um, And there, you know, are psychological issues that some people deal with or also kind of something that um, Vanessa mentioned where you kind of have people that are kind of sweeping under the rug, like, oh, it's okay. Um, and really, you know, having to help motivate people, it comes from themselves, but, you know, in terms of, like, doing the things that they need to do to take care of their health and diabetes. Because there is a lot that, you you know, you have to do, but if you do that, you can avoid a lot of these issues. I, you um, know, you guys said something I that have a please... question while we're on to Camilla, because um, Wait, I look... Ernestine, hang on Ernestine. one second. I, I just wanted to, you could, I mean, um, if you don't mind, um, Clay Young was saying something about, you know, with the, with the children. I wanted to know in Belize itself, because, you know, a lot of Belizeans are listening to this program right now. What are some, how, how prevalent is that amongst our children in, 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 in Belize? Uh, it's very hard to tell. I'm going to let Clay, um, yeah. Well, the, 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 this goes back, I would say, Taurus to Ernestine in a second, simply because this is the situation we're trying to get, uh, with this mission this year is to try to get the teachers involved to let them be aware and understanding the kids' symptoms when they're not being lethargic at school. They don't feel like they want to do something. It's, it could be sometimes because the, the sugar level is low. So this is an area in which we uh, they, they have just started a study in Belize about the juvenile diabetes problems. And um, if you go back and check with some older folks that have diabetes today, they were practically were diabetic uh, uh, juveniles, and uh, mm-hmm. they weren't aware how to diagnose them. So I will try to Ernestine for a second because she will be the one we try to initiate the teachers. Um, actually, before we go to Ernestine, this is Van. Um, uh, about three years ago, I think we were on with um, with Sharon Fraser, and she said that it was an initiative. It was sort of new. They were really working on it. So. I'm not sure about the stats. I know it's very hard because I think a lot of them are undiagnosed, and that's the problem. So if we do education of early identification of the symptoms, like Clay mentioned, not only by teachers but by any uh, coaches or um, family members, and, and there's still a stigma. The problem is that there's still a stigma of um, shame around diabetes in Belize. We heard from mothers... um, Actually, I think Mr. Castillo told us of a couple instances that the mothers didn't want the children to sign up for the camp because they, they didn't want anybody in the neighborhood to know that the children were, um, were diabetic. So we have well, a lot really of work. A stigma around that? Wow, that's interesting. Yes, yes, there's a stigma around it. And so we need, really need to get the word out that this is something that's happening to the body and that there is absolutely no shame in being a diabetic. Wait, wait, one, more, one more thing before I get is this, this is another issue too, um, Hubert. Our diet has changed in such a way, it's not like when we were growing up. What we have kids and the mothers, the mothers are doing to the kids today in Belize, and I can't say whatever it is, this sugary drink in the morning, which is the Coca-Cola in the morning with the, um, with the powder bun, and this is their breakfast nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Before we used to have Coca, right? Your, your, mm-hmm. your, your Milo, 
and mm-hmm. those things to enrich your more body a little bit. Drink. Yeah, more, more nutritious drinks, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So what the kids are doing today, and I think this is not against the companies, but the initiative of the sugary drinks for the kids, I mean, they're 18 ounces that they're drinking now by themselves, unlike what we were before it was maybe a little, you know, it was a treat to get, you know, whether it's lime juice or whatever. So let me turn it to Ernestine. Um, when we did the juvenile diabetic camp, um, Herbert, what we found out is that um, kids were diagnosed when they, came, when they became ill, fainted at school more than once, or they, um, they just weren't feeling well and they went to the physician. No one really checked these kids when, I guess, when they go for their regular checkup, no one's checking sugar in kids. So mm-hmm. it... Uh, and. One of the things with the education part of it, why I believe more in educating, because if you start educating the younger kids, you will prevent. And one, the major thing that needs to happen in Belize right now is to start nutrition, like doing, having teachers teach children how to prepare healthy snacks. Like, that, like for me, because I do the diabetes, the, because I'm in this association, and even though I'm in New York, and even though we are here in the United States, in my school particularly, I have kids who come where the nurse have to give them, where the kids have to go to the nurse to get their shots during school time. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we have to teach our kids how to eat properly and the significance of staying nutritionally strong. And it mm-hmm. starts as young as when they're home with you and preparing nutritional snacks. One of the things I had told, I told the kids when I was there is that each of them need to plant a vegetable in their yard because I remember growing up we had tomato, bell peppers, everything in, in my yard. You know, mm-hmm. we, we ate out of our yard. Now the kids are eating fried chicken, french fries, I mean, almost like McDonald's-type food, which so is not is healthy. Poor. You think the diet is very mm-hmm. poor. And, mm-hmm. and, and we're, we're, we're straying away from vegetables, right? I mean, growing up, I didn't like vegetables, but they made me eat it. I had mm-hmm. to eat vegetables. It wasn't if I wanted to eat it or what are you going to eat. That's one of the – I can't stand when I hear parents saying, what do you want to eat? It's not what do you want to eat. You present the child with the food. Don't give and you don't give them any choice because, mm-hmm. you know, you want them to stay on a healthy diet. Even at school, we, we I personally – when my kids come in in September, I eat with them to make sure they eat everything on their plate, which is green, because the kids here are presented with a vegetable, a little bit of starch, and a meat. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we need to try to get. I don't know how we're going get to get that through to the school system in Belize, but kids need to watch their plate, how it's divided, right? Well, I think I read somewhere, I had read somewhere um, the Ministry of Education had started a feeding program where they, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, don't, don't quote me because I don't know what the diet entails, but I do know that there's some program where the kids are getting meals. I don't know what kind of meals. I don't know the nutrition value. I hope it is. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's yeah, nutrition, I but I, I, do, know, I know there's I a program know. available. Right. This, this is Van. I don't know anything about it, and I'm sure they probably have one, but what I do know that out of a conversation with Dr. Pitt, there's an initiative um, uh, a bridge. I don't know the name of the program to really work with the teachers. And so I see we have nine minutes or so, and I no, just wanted fine. to. Don't um, worry about the time. Fine, don't worry about the don't time. Don't worry about the time.
Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is let me subject. ask Camilla if she wanted to add anything else because I know she has to go, and I did tell her one to two, and then I'll I'll come back and talk about our mission this year. Camilla? Okay. Go ahead, Dr. Camilla. Dr. Camilla, you you there? Did I lose you? Van, I think maybe, maybe Camilla. She- yeah, maybe maybe she. I know she told me she had to. Um, she didn't have the whole time, but um, yeah. So this year, I I really feel like we were blessed. Um, I went to a workshop at Kings County Hospital, and in the workshop, I met this nurse who is a diabetes educator, just like Camilla. Um, they're highly specialized um, folks, very very knowledgeable, and. You know, I told her, oh, my God, I just came back from Belize, and, you know, we took this diabetes educator. And she says, really? She says, I'm part of this organization. I'm like, what organization is that? She said the Caribbean Diabetes Initiative. Now, this group um, is health professionals like myself who are of Caribbean background, and some are not. Um, One Mm -hmm. is from Turkey, I think, and, you know, from the Eastern Bloc or whatever. But to make a long story short, after a series of conversations with Dr. Pitts, an initial conversation with him, because every, every time we go to Belize, I mean, Michael and I went to technical together, so, you know, usually the best place to have a conversation with Michael Pitts, as you guys know, is at his barbecue grill. <laughs> so opposite okay. Comcast, right? So there mm-hmm. we were. We always just kind of throw things around, and he's like, you know what, Van, if I could get an endocrinologist to come to Belize because we really need one and blah, blah, blah. Well... Lo and behold, three of the people in this group are endocrinologists, I mean nationally known endocrinologists. So see, lots of conversations back and forth, meetings, and um, they agreed to come to Belize. And so we have this team of three endocrinologists, I believe a podiatrist and an assistant podiatrist, um, diabetes educators, at least about three or four of them, a large team who have agreed to come to Belize this year. And I'm really appealing to all the media houses, everybody. We're going to put um, some public service announcements out. And, Hubert, I want to thank you for this opportunity for us to share a little bit of what we do. Um, But we need people to come out. They are serious. They have a team. They've done this in Jamaica. They've done it in Kataku, which I believe is in Grenada. And they've done it in Trinidad and Tobago. And they said they want to see over 300 people. So we're going to coordinate the logistics to see how we can get people registered because I don't like chaos. So I don't really want to say everybody just show up. I would love for people to register for the program so we can know who they are and, you know, have um, some individualization going on there. But we're going to be in Belize City at IT Vet on August 13th. And then uh, that's Wednesday. And then Thursday, we're going to be in Dangriga at the Stan Creek Ecumenical um, College. And then on Friday, and this is very important for them and for me because I'm big on education, they're going to have lectures for the nurses. They're going to have a lecture series for the physicians. And we're working and seeing if, if the teachers are, um, are going to be able to uh, participate as well. So we are super excited about this. And... And Clay what are the dates, You said August 13th to when? August what 13th in Belize City, mm-hmm. August 14th in Dangriga, and then August 15th um, back in Belize City. Um, some's gonna, some of the classes are going to be at IT Vet, and, and then the, the physicians are going to have a, a dinner um, lecture. So I'm encouraging friends of nurses, friends of teachers, friends of doctors to please spread the word 
we are going to see more eventually, um, but, you know, because you can't start too early. Otherwise, people are going to get fatigued and forget about it when it comes around. But we just want people to save the date. We're encouraging the out-of-town and district um, nurses and physicians, if they can coordinate a schedule, to really come in and, and participate. These are people who write books, and we could even pay for their, for their services if we had to. So we just want to encourage that. Clay, you have anything well, to add? Well, the other part, uh, Chief... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Clay. I forgot to just tell you that uh, the, the doctors, this, the, the seminar that doctors will be getting, they will be also accredited towards their, um, their monthly oh, yeah, um, continuing education. So Yeah, over here we call it um, um, uh, medical education. Yeah, so we're, we're coordinating We already got the approval from the Nurses Council for our nurses and um, Sharet White from Carl Hushna. The, um, the doctors' councils met, and we got the approval from them. So we're moving right along, um, you know, a very exciting conversations with Dr. Hidalgo, who is the president of the Doctors and Dentists Council. Um, just really good stuff. We want people to come out. These people are bringing in medications, okay? They're not just screening your, your glucose. They're going to be offering individualized oh, – I can't swallow. I'm talking too much, guys. Sorry. Um, individualized counseling for those who need it because they have all these educators. So, you know, if your A1C is out of whack and your stuff is going on and you're being challenged with your diet and you have questions about medication management, all those things you're going to have. So I really encourage people to come out and, um, and, and take advantage of that. Okay. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm fascinated by this because, you know, we always talk about how, you know, we you know, believe that oh, we need to, you know, those of us in diaspora need to, you know, transfer the know-how or make a difference, you know, with the Belizeans living down there. And I'm fascinated by the fact that you guys are actually doing it, putting your money where your mouth is and actually action, you know, which speaks for itself. If I'm a Belizean listening to you right now, how can I be a part of this very dynamic thing that you, that the Belize Association of New York is doing? Well, that, that's a great um, question. Um, for those on Facebook, and I know everybody is not on Facebook, um, we do have a Facebook page, or you can inbox me at Vanessa Jenkins. I kept my maiden name. I am Vanessa Jenkins Young, but I kept my maiden name. Ernestine Augustus is there. Um, we have a list on our Facebook page of all our members. Um, and you can email me at BelizePT at Yahoo.com. And just let me know that you're interested. For those who are not on Facebook, that's probably the easiest way to get in contact with me. Belize PT at Yahoo, and Ernestine wants to add something. Hold on. Go ahead, Ernestine. And, well, I think that if there are any principals listening in Belize, that it would be really great if they can negotiate with a teacher to try to attend and let that teacher turn key the information to the rest of their staff because that's the way to grow as fast as we can and run with it because if we have more kids that are diabetic and not diagnosed, it would be great if teachers who are with the kids most of their awakening hours during the day would recognize those symptoms. You know, I, I really appreciate what you guys are you know, doing because, like I said, um, you, like Van said, someone in our family, believe it or not, you know, have been infected with this disease or are in the process of getting it or you know, they don't know it yet, but, you know, it's, it's a very, very serious, serious thing, and I think it's, you know, it's definitely related to our public health in, in Belize, and, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, that, um, that there's individuals 
you know, who are concerned enough to want to make a difference. And I, I want to be a part of it. You know, I, I always want to be part of people who want to make a difference because I think, you know, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's do something. And so you guys are doing it. Van, I'm going to give you the last word since, you know, you, you know, you, okay. are, you know, you, you know. Clay wants part of the last word. <laughs> Clay, you can be part of the last Actually, all three, you can be part of the last word, including Camila, but she left. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted to, to say that you are, you are doing a, a great uh, thing by exercising what you're doing right now and giving us the opportunity to um, get the word out. So you are doing part of uh, the work. And uh, I just want you to know this is a, something big for this small organization of uh, 14 members. Very small grassroots. This is something big, and uh, I hope that uh, when we get out there, 25 people is not easy for an uh, organization to pull off to get there. So let me turn it back to Van. Okay. So thanks again, Hubert. Um, just a couple things I want to go over. Um, our motto, which is very simple, awareness, action, and prevention leads to healthy living. And I want people to remember that. Um, our organization, as Clay said, is 14 members, and I'm going to try to remember all our names because I always forget somebody. So I'm going to go. Um, our vice president is Elizabeth Hamilton-Williams. Our secretary is Georgia Alter marshall um, <clears throat> Our treasurer is Cherie Burgess. Thanks, Clay. Our co-treasurer is Fern White. Our other members are... Uh, Ernestine Augustus, um, Clay Young, who is our event coordinator, um, Tawa, everybody knows Tawa, but um, Hollington Colburn, <laughs> that's right, Colburn. Um, yeah. Brother of Evandale, thanks Evandale, he's one of our supporters from afar. Um, Gwenda Flowers, um, well, everybody knows Gwen. Karen Pilgrim, and Chana. No, I wasn't going to forget Chana because. Um, um, Egbert Kisling, um, better known as Chana, one of our newest members and, and very hardworking. We have my mom, Joan Jenkins, Joanny Alcocer, who is actually Honduran and I was married to a Belizean, and she, she works very mm-hmm. hard with us. And I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but I can't think of whom. Maybe that's Reginald. <laughs> Reggie, Reginald Marshall, who is the husband of um, Georgia. Yeah, we have... Okay. Um, Four guys and, and nine females. So hopefully I didn't forget anybody, and we thank them for their hard work. And just I said Cherie. Cherie is our treasurer. Um, and I just want to tell everybody out there in New York that we're having our Atlantic City trip. This is one of our fundraising events um, on June 28th. We're having a luau party on July 19th. It's an inclusive event. Um, for $50, and you get everything. And these are the types of things um, that we do, um, Hubert. It, to raise and people, people come out because like, they're connected, but they're also having a good time. And people really feel, and I have to tell you, I want to give a special shout-out to all our New Yorkers who come out, who support us, who say, you guys are doing something good, who sees the work that we're doing. Oh, my God, I'm, I can't swallow. Um, who sees the work that we're doing, and we really, really appreciate um, everything that, that, that you guys are doing out there. So thank you, Hubert, again for the opportunity. Before you go, Van, I just want to say this right quick. Um, I would like to see, I mean, this is just something I'd like to see, that you guys get more numbers in terms of statistics for the children and, you know, just across the board. So I think if we have a better command of what the stats are, maybe we can, you know, um, uh, you know treat the population, you know, you know, more efficiently. I don't know, that's just my 
observation. I agree. I agree. And actually, I'm going to tell you um, that on Thursday, Thursday or Friday, I went to um, uh, Columbia University uh, Summit for public health, you know, my master's in public health. And one of the presentations I went to was about research and data gathering and all that stuff. And I was super, super psyched. I spoke to a professor. And so I have this dream that in my next life, it's going to be about gathering data and epidemiology and, you know, just all the good stuff that's very important because, mm-hmm. you know, you can ask for help, and you can, but you have to show some data along with that. And I'd like some outcomes. Um, from the work that we're doing, very hard to do with all the variables that's out there. But Correct. Yeah, there's a lot sort of attendant factors. The same way that you want it, I want it, but I have to kind of work with what I have. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, right. You know what I'm going to do, Vance? Maybe I should stop talking about it. Like, just go down here and start to help to do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> because, like I said, it's, you know, it's all about action, you know. It's, I mean, we talk okay. about it, but at the end of the day, it's about action, here you know. I come. You know, <laughs> so, you know, look out for me. I might story some numbers, you know, know what to do with I mean, you know, so, I mean because good, it's a very, very important like this topic, very important to me, you know, and I, I want to thank all of you, and I want to bring you guys on again, because it's not, it's not a one-shot deal where you just come and talk about something. This is something that's ongoing. It's directly related to the public health in Belize, and, and this is something that I really, really want to take on as a passion, because I, I believe that the health of a nation is important to the national economic security of that nation. Absolutely. So, you know, oh, that's you a whole lot of conversation. Yeah, that's absolutely. A whole show, you know? yeah, but yes, it's a whole lot of show. Exactly. So we'll you do a follow up. We'll do a follow up after our August outreach, and we can talk about you know what what happened and all that stuff. I think that's going to be great. Deal. I I'm looking forward to that. We can you know we can discuss it after you guys come back and find out what the outcomes are. Okay. And you know and how we could you know you know I really appreciate that. I want to thank Clay. You know, my good buddy, Clay, you know, and, um, you know, Ernestine, Van, you know. These are all friends of mine, so it's not like I don't know these people. <laughs> and, um, you know, you guys keep up the good work. And um, right here, we, uh, we are looking forward to it, you know, to, to hearing from you again. Thank you so much. God bless us, Belize. All right. One love, you know. Thanks and praise. God bless Belize. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.
I just did a, um, this is a very unusual show that I, I'm attempting to do. I'm attempting to hook up with individuals at the, uh, the Plant Your Corn Rally at, uh, in Battlefield Park in Belize City. Um, I did a wonderful show with the Belize Diabetes Association of New York, and now I am, you know, I'm trying to do another hour or so with, uh, with um, the uh, Plant the Corn Rally. Like I said, this is unprecedented. I have not okay. done this before. Um, who am I speaking to right now? Okay, so this is Samia Andrew Miranda. Hi, Samia. Um, let me just, well, let me just introduce yourself to everybody. What you're doing? Okay, so okay. I'm Samia Andrew Miranda. Um, I'm with Prem Sunday Review, and well, for today, I'm a, well, I'm a supporter of the game. Um, yes. <laughs> So what? How is everything going out there? I mean, what? 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 Hello? What, what, what? Yes. So how okay. is everything going well, out there? Okay. Well, the turnout is the turnout. The turnout is excellent. Um, I haven't. Uh, well, I've, one estimate that I've got is about six hundred people. Um, I'm not sure. So don't you know? I'm not sure of the numbers, but it, it's it's a very strong turnout. Um, mm-hmm. we have representation from Punta Gorda. We have representation from Valley of the Peace. From well, obviously from Belmopan, from Belize City, from it, it's it's a really diverse crowd. Actually, I. I don't. I can't think of any other occasion when I've seen 
as many different types of lesions in one space like this, you know, for one purpose. And it's, it's really, it's really, and it's really amazing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what is the general, um, We've had what is the general attitude? What is the general attitude of the people out there, I mean, in terms of, um, are they hyped up? I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just one big festive thing. Um, I wouldn't say hyped up, but everybody's, everybody's like very, every, but they're very united. And everybody's very, like, there's a, like a, there's sort of a determination out here. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's something, it's, it's, there's a strong determination and, and a unity, a sense of unity out here. Okay. Sam, what was one, one of the, talk to me about the, one of the purposes of the, the, um, this rally. What was uh, some of the outcomes that you hope to, um, you know, ascertain from there? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, now that I, well, I, I said that the, the outcome is for, for to show a united front. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but if you're aware, but well, obviously you must be, but uh, just uh, about a, a couple of days ago, there was a new organization formed um, called The Rock, or ROC, yeah, the Board yeah, of Corrections, right, mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's an amalgamation of several, of several organizations, including the Pharmacy Association, um, the BNCU, Belize National Teachers Union, Public Service Union, and a, you know, and a whole bunch of, again, diverse groups of people um, uniting to say that, you know, we, we the people really are the, are the, are the leaders. Okay. So the purpose, um, I mean, the, the, the purpose of the rally, or the purpose of that, um, and the purpose of this rally too, is just to show a united front, and so you know, for the for the people, for the for one of the first times, like, to really come together and say that you know we're doing this together, we are in this together. Um, one of the slogans of the ROC is "Touch one, touch all." And I, I'm looking around right now, and I can see um, banners from the ROC out here too. There's, I mean, again, there's a really diverse um, representation mm-hmm. at the park. So, so, this so, rally so it's across the board, then. At least that I know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, across the board, yeah. So you're, you're getting, you're, will you have any representation from the Mayas down south and the Garifunas and yeah, down south too? Absolutely, yes. And as a matter of fact, um, somebody from the, from an area called St. Vincent Block was supposed to be speaking. I'm not sure that person has gone on as yet, but um, that's an area where Garifunas were practicing communal living. Um, the Mayas, mm-hmm. yes, they're definitely here, and um, people have felt and tasted their presence because, well, there was speak, um, Greg Chuck was one of the speakers, as was, Christina Koch of the Maya uh, Alcalde mm-hmm. Association, but I say taste because um, they were also cheering with the crowd uh, corn lab that they brought with them from Punta Gorda. Mm-hmm. Um, so so everybody, there's, there's water, there's food um, from different groups, corn lab, okay. <laughs> and they were sharing with everybody, and, and so, yeah, so everybody tasted their presence as well. Okay, so it's very, that's, you guys are okay. serious. You brought corn lab. Okay. Is, there, is there any way you could get maybe uh, <laughs> one of those guys to come talk and, you know, share with us what's going on? I mean, um, yes, actually, so the purpose of this, I'm just here to introduce, but if, um, well, what I, ha- I see Nigel walking around, but um, what I have, well, Patrick Roberts, Rogers is standing by. Um, we also have um, Dylan Renault. I think he's going to go on first, if you don't mind. Um, Dylan Renault the, um, of the uh, National Trade Union Congress of Leeds. Um, let me just grab him again. He was standing by, but um, now he's gone a little bit closer to the crowd, so let me just bring him back over here. So I'll put him on now. Okay. Yes. Who, who, yeah. who am I okay, to? we're gonna we're, we're we're hiding out in a truck so that this is um Dylan Renault. Okay, all right, Dylan. Um, you and you. Uh, so I'll, I'll, him, I'll some... put him on and, so he can introduce himself. Okay, all right. Okay. All right, uh, Mr. Renault is okay, um, your name is Dylan, Dylan Renault. Okay. Hi, Dylan. Dylan Renault. Renault. One sec. Hello. Hi, Dylan. Well, this is Hubert Pipersberg, and I'm. Uh, yeah. Hi, hi, Dylan. How are you? Hi. I'm Hello, fine. Dylan. Okay, let me just say this. Who, I, yeah, I, I'm here. My name is, yeah, my name is Hubert Pipersberg, and I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming live from Los Angeles. I'm talking to you via um, the internet radio, the blog radio. So, just for my listeners, you want to kind of tell us who you are and what, you know, what your involvement in the rally is. 
Okay, um, I am certainly one of those that came out to support the Plant the Corn Rally, um, being organized by Big Year, and with the support of the newly formed Rod of Correction Movement. I am one of the trade union leaders, and we are showing our solidarity for Big Year out here today. Okay, um... What is um what is what 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 you said you um the the rod of correction what what is um basically the the what you hope to accomplish with that group the rod of correction Well that group was formed because we have so many um interested groups that have come together to tackle certain issues and what the rod of correction is doing now is to bring all of those groups together and all of their issues form the agenda for the rod of correction and so we are going to address all of those issues. And whenever we mark one off, that means that group is satisfied, but they are still not satisfied because all the other group's issues have not been resolved. So we mm -hmm. are going to move expeditiously to address every single issue on that agenda sheet. So you, 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 so you, the, the purpose of this group was to try to um, get over all the, the you know, the disunity. So if you could speak from one hymn, sing from one hymnal, as they say, then, you know, that, that will be, I assume, we believe that will be more powerful voices as, as opposed to a lot of little stranger groups all over the place, yes. correct? Okay, all right. And, uh, yes, so, um, what, what we recognize is, ah, uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask no, you. I said, what, I, um, what, what we recognize Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I don't mean to. I don't mean to interrupt yeah, you. Go ahead. I, I was saying. What I was saying was, what we recognize is that there's abuse of political power in this country, and that is why these interested groups cannot tackle their issues. So what we are saying is to be a strong counterbalance to those um, to the political directorate. We are bringing all these groups together to show their collective. Power, the power of the people to address the issues. And those issues have to do with land tenure or land rights. We have the issue of health in our country. The government is um, trying to change the way we deal with our morality. And, and the issue of um, governance. We have too much corruption in our country, so we are going to tackle that issue head on as well. Live in Belize, so there's sometimes you know technical difficulties. I always like to put that out, you know, misnomer for this show because I always try to connect right down there on the ground, and sometimes you know I have no control over the technology. Um, um, let me see. Okay. I think he's still on. Uh, Dylan, are you still yeah, okay? Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I, I lost you for a minute. Yeah, I'm you, still here. What you were saying just now, I lost you for a minute just now. Yeah, what I was saying is that all the interested groups came together to address the abuse of political power. We have mm -hmm. a culture of abuse of political power. And so we are going to tackle the issue of land rights. We are going to tackle the issue of health. We are tackling the issue of morality. We are tackling the issue of governance mm -hmm. from, the, from the vantage point of addressing corruption in our country. Okay, okay in your estimation, Dylan, uh, since you're part of this group, you said you're going to, uh, what are, what, okay, there are certain issues that I believe, you know, as an individual, this is just me, that, that transcends partisan politics. You mentioned land, which, which that's, a national, that's a national issue. You mentioned he public health, that's another yes. national issue. 
You mentioned, um, I think you also mentioned corruption. I'm trying to Morality. Figure, I mean, morality. I'm talking, okay, that part there, I'm a little bit, t- talk to me on that part. How are you going to, because I can see how you could, you know, the morality, how will that, how, how are you going to tackle that particular aspect? Because well, I know, I'm not so sure you can legislate morality. We have a, yeah, but they are trying to, to, to change the laws to allow for immoral acts to, to be perpetrated in our country. And so we have to be at the forefront of that challenge because it's changing the norms that we have in our society as we know it. Okay, all right, okay. I, I, and I, and I mean, I'm thinking yeah. about the, the... Go ahead. Could you give me specifically, when it comes to morality, could you give us specifically what is it that you want? That you that you know that you hope to well a specific issue that you you know you want to tackle as far as morality yeah, is concerned. Well, we we have linked with the churches as well to deal with the um the gender policy, and we are also supporting them in in the case being brought on by by the um, LGBT group here in Belize to change our laws, okay. and they say to to allow for more hu- human rights. Okay, all right. So this group sounds like it's, you know, it, it, its mandate is going to be very broad because, I mean, you know, those are very powerful issues that you, those are all legitimate public policy issues that you hope to, um, to you know, to, to tackle. And, you know, are you going to be an advocacy group or, I mean, you're going to do rallies? How do you, well, what are some of the things you, you, you hope to do by, I mean, how would well, you go about doing this? Well, we we are going to use whatever means is possible, um, available to us. If it means going to court, if it means doing rallies, whatever is available to this group, we will utilize to ensure that we um, we achieve victory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, are you? So, is this group part of the um, lawsuit that's been uh, that's uh, against Mr. Penner, the the minister with the passport scandal? Is is your group? A part of that that, that yes. coalition there that's doing that. Yes, Cola Cola has taken the lead on that issue, and now they have the full backing of the lot of correction movement in addressing mm-hmm. the um, penal situation. Just yesterday, my organization sent out a very strong press release demanding that the the files that um, Cola needs to, to to do their private prosecution be handed over to Cola so that we can. Um, prosecute Mr. Penner because it's obvious that um, those in officialdom do not want to, to prosecute Mr. Penner. Mhm, mhm. So, so you guys are part of bringing the pressure on or keeping the pressure on so that the, this issue doesn't just fall at the wayside and go in the back burner in terms of you know this very important issue of immigration yes. and the selling of our birthright to yes. any time they can hurry out there. Okay, that you know, I mean, Dylan, I I saw. I saw um, the picture with you, where you guys took on Facebook the other day, you know, the rod of correction, but I'm glad that you, you give us an opportunity, the listeners out there. If, if you're listening, my name is Hubert Pfeifersberg. I'm talking to Dylan uh, Renault. He's um, uh, part of the group rod of correction. And you are what? what, you, what you are an executive in that group, correct? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm a part of the the um, leadership of the Rod of Correction. Okay. I am also this, the president of the National Trade Union Congress of Belize. Okay, great, great. Then they have come together, and this is an amalgamation of groups to 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 to, to form a united front to, to 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 tackle land rights, to tackle um, the issue of corruption, to tackle the issue of morality. So, as you can see, it's a very broad mandate, and um, 
that that, that this group hopes to uh, address. And I, and I and I and I'm 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 in solidarity with all the things that you that you that you stand for, um, Dylan, because it's very important that we that we have individuals in a society who stand up and 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 tell the status quo that we're not gonna take everything that you want to just push down our throat or you're not gonna take it where you you know you just wanna do certain things that we're not in agreement with. We 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 will put up our united front and, and fight it. So that's very, very important. That, that 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 you know, I think a lot of Belizeans will support that idea. So let me ask you this: in terms of um the rod of correction, um how often do you you know you, you are you gonna be reactionary or proactive? How are you gonna go about doing these things? Well, we have so many issues on the table right now. We'll have to be proactive because next week we have uh, within the next two weeks we have two court cases that are going to court: the Big Year case and as well as the the case for the um, Satim. The Maya mm-hmm. leaders in, I mean, the Maya people in Punta Gorda, their mm-hmm. cases as well going to the court. So we'll have to be on top of that and support solidarity and support and, and push as hard as we can to ensure that right is done by our people. You, what, what is it? Okay, I, I'm in the so diaspora. So we are definitely you know. going to be proactive. Obviously, I live in, you know, in the diaspora, which is, but I'm very connected, very, very connected, have my pulse and, uh, I mean, have my finger on the pulse down there. What is it that you, we can do? What, is it, what, what kind of cooperation you like to see between the diaspora and, and, and say, the, the rod of correction or any other group down there, that, or your group specifically, that, you know, you know, besides funding? What are some of the things that well, we could do? This, this, yeah, this sort of international exposure um, gives us even greater credibility. So that is something that we would certainly like from the diaspora. Um, having... The financial backing of the diaspora is critical as well because, you know, when you take on um, a, a government like this, you need to have the, the um, financial backing in order to do what needs to be done in order for you to be proactive and not mm-hmm. reactive. So, do you, so you, believe that the, you believe the role of the diaspora is critical to the development of your country? Certainly it is. And I know that those in the diaspora who are not at home wish they could be home right now, but they have to be where they are to, to build and to, to develop themselves and to, to um, get the wealth to bring back home when they, when, they are ready, when they are ready to retire. So we mm. consider you all as heroes, the people mm. in the diaspora. Yeah, you, 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 you're, okay, you specifically the head of the union. What exactly um, are some of the things that the union are doing to make a difference, so, you know, to stand up for the poor working class majority, for workers' rights, and that sort of thing. One of the big issues that we're tackling right now is uh, a simple thing, the Occupational Safety and Health um, Bill. We don't have one in our country, and we, have, we are pushing right now to get uh, the passage of the Occupational Safety and Health Bill. And I know some of our trade unions are right now... Um, negotiating with government for um, better benefits and, and salary increases. So we, we are tackling this thing from so many fronts, you know, um, and, and as well we have been at the forefront in, in tackling issues of corruption as well. So mm-hmm. our, our uh, mandate is not only focused on our members, we are focused our, as well on country and, and, and the betterment and development of our country. Okay. Um, uh, that, that, Dylan, let me ask you also: Do you believe that um, 
that that what other you believe that a rally besides you know I mean it's okay to 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 show your public support, but what other tools do you believe besides the court besides you know um you're following lawsuits and that that sort of and, and, and along down, down that avenue what other things would you advocate that Belizeans can do to 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 challenge the validity of the status quo? Well, we also, um, the trade unions have a, a, um, a, a person in the name of Senator Ray Davis in the, in the, um, in the House of Representatives, or sorry, in the National Assembly. Mm-hmm. So we can use that avenue. We can also withdraw labor. We can do a shutdown. To, because at the end of the day, what we need is to get the government around the table to address our issues meaningfully. And so... Mm-hmm. These actions are basically to get the attention of government so that we can come around the table as equals and, and negotiate and dialogue to resolve the issues that are in front of us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think what, you know, I, I'm, 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 I, when I look at, you know, when, the, when I saw that the rod of correction or rock was formed, I felt very good because I felt that, you know, for the first time it seems that, you know, at least I I, I, I want to be fair because I I'm sure other attempts have been tried in the past, but it seems that you know the groups these fragmented groups from all over the country are starting to realize that the only way to make a difference is to um is to unite and it's think from one hand. Yeah. Because if we just you out there by yourself, yeah. don't out there by yourself, then they, you know they, you know what you know you know the um the the old saying. Divided we fall, united we stand. Divided we fall, and you know. So I'm happy that I hope that you guys yeah. can get past all the personalities, because you know, like everything else, there's always going to be personalities involved. I hope you guys can overcome that and stay strong, because what you represent is very, very important for yeah. the development of our country. You know, a united front to to address meaningful issues that that that, that are directly related to the development of the country. So I, I really, really believe that, you know, it's something that a lot of Belizeans should and would want to support. You know, some extremist fringe group that's, you know, trying to destabilize anything or trying to, um, you know, insurgent, not insurgent, no. trying to address issues using the mechanisms that are available at your disposal, correct? Yes, that is it. That is true. Okay. Um, all right, Dylan. I don't, I'm not sure. I, 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 is there anyone else there that, that I can talk to besides you? Um, that's at the Con, 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 Con Rally. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hi. If you hi, Samia. Hello? That was you know, yeah. Hello. Who yeah. am I speaking to? Okay. I had This is Samia again. Um, I oh, had okay, Nigel lined up, but I think he's about to go on stage. No, okay. the thing is, he's about to go on stage because the last, the second to the last speaker is, is talking now. But Patrick no, you... Rogers is also standing by, and so I'm going to... All right, then. Yeah, let go me, ahead. Let... Yeah, go ahead. Hi, Patrick, yeah, how are you so doing? Yeah, I'll put him on, and I, I put him on. Sorry? Yeah, you won't... yeah, Patrick is fine. Say that again, please? Yeah. Okay, good. One sec. Oh, hi. Yeah, hello, Patrick, how are you doing? Patrick. Hello? Yeah, how are you doing, Patrick? Patrick, how are you, my brother? Oh, man, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing out here. The representation, the cross-section. Couldn't have asked for anything better. Maybe a bigger crowd, but that will come in time. Mm-hmm. Let me, Patrick, this is Hubert Pipersburg, and I'm calling. I'm broadcasting live from Los Angeles on the Internet Radio. Um, I, know, I know about okay. you. Um, what, are, what are some of the things that you, um, that, you know, who, who, are you affiliated with an organization, first of all? Are you with anybody else? 
Um, are you just yeah, part of with a, group? a few movements. I, I, um, um, one of the spokespersons for the commoners movement in Belize, and that is a movement for change that intends to reform social, political, and economic institutions. I'm also one of the leaders of a movement called Vision Inspired by the People in Belize, and that's a strictly political reform movement. So um, we contest elections at the VIP level, but at the commoners level, we use that as a vehicle to try and unite Belizeans across all spectrums. So, okay. in a sense, um, I, I speak on behalf of both organizations when I speak. Are you part of the new... And we're all um, here I was talking to Mr. Renault. Um, I was talking to Mr. Yes. Renault. Um, Mr. Renault represents the union. Okay. He said he's also part of an umbrella group um, called Rock, and I was wondering... Are you affiliated with yes. them? Or what do you think about the idea? And uh, what are some of the Rock, things that you're doing to work with them? Rock is a representation that, that um, has the cross-section of every every entity in Belize that isn't on board and yet should be and will be. So mm-hmm. uh, this is a start. Rock is just a beginning. And um, there's been starts before, but I don't know that any beginning had this wide a cross-section represented. So that's mm, okay. what I'm loving right now, the fact that I see the leaders of all the different organizations in this country. Um, it, it's just a beautiful thing to see. We all have mm-hmm. a common cause, and that is being disrespected by a government and a system that doesn't allow people to, to vent. That's all I can say. There's no avenue for us to vent our frustration. It seems that unless we come together and, and show numbers, the governments of the day don't listen. And so we believe that the rod of correction will be that entity where my problem is your problem and your problem is my problem and, and together we'll stand up to represent the source of those problems. And that is the government of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Rogers mentioned to me, Patrick, so, I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, Renault, I'm sorry, mentioned to me, I'm talking to Patrick Rogers. Um, he's out there at the live phone rally at Battlefield Park for my listeners. I'm here with Patrick Um I was just talking to Mr. Renault, and he mentioned to me that the uh, Rock wants to demand um, that they believe that they should have uh, said land tenure, corruption, morality, not necessarily all that. You, you, you share those ideas, but, but those are some of the pressing issues that, that this country is faced with at, this, at the moment? Certainly. Certainly. You know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the, you see, the thing is that... Um, our movement wants to see rapid changes. There are other organizations that are more comfortable with smaller, making smaller gains, smaller steps. Uh, I believe that Rock has all of us on board now, those that want to make big strides, those that want to make small strides. We're all together today. And, and I believe it's a start, as I said, of, of something positive because I, I'm seeing brothers that I never thought I would be able to see because they're at different ends of the country. The logistics makes it so difficult for the Mayas flight fight uh, down south to be a Belize city fight, but today the Mayas are out here representing, and um, it makes me very happy to see, you know, the African descendant fight is the Mayan fight, and the Creole people fight. We're all having the same fight, a system that does not allow the people to benefit, and whenever we elect leaders to represent us, they end up representing the big corporations, the corporations are allowed to do whatever they please, and when we, the people, just want to plant corn, 
they won't allow us to plant corn. So there must be something wrong with <laughs> the way we're governed here for a government to see something wrong in planting corn in lands that are not even reclaimed as yet. Yeah, okay, yeah. That, that, you know, I, 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 I want to ask you something, Patrick, because in terms of the, uh, you know, the mandate that Rock says, Rock decided that they want to work on, um, I think my listeners, you know, we in the diaspora, we, you know, we curious to know how, when it comes to morality, what are, what, what's your vision of, you do believe how that that particular issue? Cause it's so it is so um, broad. Cause I know you can't legislate morality. So how how would, he mentioned that he wants to um, fight um, you know the you know, I guess Unibom and those other groups that he believe are trying to um, push an agenda that they're not in agreement with. What's your view on that? Well, the, the Unibomb is a distraction simply because we've never charged anyone for Saddam here in Belize. We've never stoned them to death. We've never done anything like that that we read about in the foreign press in the Middle East and other places. They've been allowed to coexist amongst us without a problem. The fact that they need our laws to be changed cares a lot of Belizeans because we're a Christian country. And the, it, it seems as an attempt to, to open the door to reach to gain marriages, which is a concept that frightens us Belizeans. Uh, we're, we're Christians, as I said, and, and we're of the opinion that um, uh, uh, it's an abomination in the sight of God. And if you want to do it, we won't hold it against you, but don't do it in front of my kid. That is our problem here in Belize, pretty much. You know, you do what you do behind closed doors, but there's no need for you to be flaunting it out in front of us. And we believe that the agenda doesn't need to be on the table today because we're not discriminating against gays or LGBT. We, we simply are not. As a society, we've, we've allowed it to, you know, as, as a part, we've come to the acceptance that there will be people of different minds. Mm-hmm. However, you do not need to take your choice and try to tell me it's a human right. It's a choice you make. It's not okay, a so human you, right. That so you, you believe that the division inspired by the people movement. Okay. So you believe that they it's get a deeper law? At this point, I'm saying there's there's yeah. important issues. You're saying that that the it, it's a distraction. I'm saying straight right here, it, it it doesn't even belong on the agenda today. With all the the issues this country has in front of it, that is a distraction as far as I'm concerned. They're tying okay. our, all our aid money is being tied to this issue. I mean, this issue keeps coming up. When to me, it's a non-issue, Hubert. It's mm-hmm. a distraction. We have serious issues about the way we're governed. If we don't have fair representation in the country, we're still using first-party posts to elect representatives, which is not you know, re- real fair representation. Those are the issues we like to discuss. We don't want to be hearing about Unibam when that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying the, 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 the country is a Christian country, right? And we reserve our rights to our views, and I'm saying that we've never charged any, any LGBT, LGBT person in Belize, we've never stoned them or anything, as I said, it's just not an issue to us. The people mm-hmm. that would like to discuss real issues don't see the Unibam issue as something to be occupying the media time right now. Mm-hmm. All right, that, let's move on from that. Then. I don't know yeah. what... No, no, that's Sorry. fine. I respect that. I respect that, Patrick. You, you made yourself clear. Nobody's... Uh, you know, that's, you know, you're entitled to that, and you yeah, know, that, that, you know, your conviction, you can't give up a because conviction. Because we, we, yeah, we, we have issues of taxation, where down south here, we're not even allowed to tax foreign corporations. You look at ASR coming in and getting 10 years where they don't have to pay any tax due to anything. 
NCL coming in with the investment in South. 20 years, those, those investors don't have to pay any tax due to anything. And I'm just listing you the last two foreign investors. So that mm-hmm. is why Belize is poor, because there's a system set up that only allows red and blue governments, doesn't matter, to tax the working class. That's mm-hmm. all the, 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 the revenue base is coming from, the working class. That is why the country is poor. If we were allowed to, to uh, tax the foreign investors in this country and not leave the tax, that we don't tax them for the North to tax, because that is what happened. England, Europe, the U.S., they tax those foreign corporations operating here in Belize that we don't tax. Mm-hmm. And, and we that is, those are the issues that my movement would like to bring to the forefront. You understand? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be hearing about Unibam when I don't have any beef with any LGBT, I know. I have a beef with a system that has been here, and I have a queen that is still a queen over my people that I thought we had gotten rid of in 1981. Now, our beef mm-hmm. is, you know, let's get the fair representation. Let's get proportional representation instead of first past the post on the table. Those are the things we'd like to be discussing. Let's yeah, talk about, I, you know, I do agree with you on that, actually. That, 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 that. Mm-hmm. Let's you, talk you, you, about you. referendum and issues that the parties didn't put on their manifestos. Mm-hmm. Those are the mm-hmm. issues that we should be discussing. Mm-hmm. Let me but, uh, there are other people that would have a chance to share some views with our brothers out there. Go ahead, go ahead, Hubert. Okay. Um. No, oh, you have you, you have somebody else lined up right now. You said? Is there somebody? No, no. I was just saying. I I saw some other people that were were lined up. I don't know if they're still there. I've been on the mic for a while. Go no, ahead. no, no. I, well, well, I was just going to ask you right quick. Um, um, in your view. What a, what a, and I, I well I don't, to be fair because I don't like to say oh there's a number one issue or, but in in terms of priorities yeah. list me your priorities as it relates to belief development that is I uh, I'm I'm stuck oh oh a development strategy no no not not necessarily is that what, you, what said? you see are some of the priorities that this country need to focus on if they want to have long term development in that country. oh oh the priorities yeah. Yes, the priority. Well, we maintain fair, fair representation is where it starts. Fair representation will allow good brothers and sisters that genuinely are concerned about serving this country to be able to win seats in the local government and national government level. But without fair representation, we are married to two parties. And, and as a matter of fact, if, if, if the diaspora doesn't know this, Mr. Francis Fonseca is paid as a member of government in the cabinet. He's paid with a post called Her Majesty's Loyal Leader of the Opposition, which means that he's part and parcel to every government uh, contract signed, every government commitment made. He's a part of this very borough government. So when mm-hmm. it's his turn to be prime minister, he will be reminded, hey, you are a part of giving up your right to tax this investor. Don't come trying to change that now. Mm-hmm. That is our problem, you see. So I'm saying it's fair representation. There are good people out there that would love to serve this country with fresh ideas that are not being allowed to be um, introduced in the red and blue parties of Her Majesty. Until mm-hmm. we start removing the proportional representation, where my movement, for example, we have been returning 20% of the vote cast in the municipal election at Belmont City for the last three elections. But yet we have zero seats that we hold up. You talk about VIP. Whoever has the, whoever, yeah, the, the VIP. You, you look at one of the earlier elections that we had returned 
the UDP at the time had only received 42% of the vote. The PUP had received 38% and the VIP 20%, but yet with only 42% of the votes cast in that municipality, the UDP took 100% of the governance of the municipality. This is why we're saying it's not fair representation. If we were able to retain 20% of the seats there, we would have taken root easier and grown easier as an alternative movement. But okay. without winning seats, parties tend to die off. And this is why I'm saying fair representation is one of those key things we believe needs to be addressed that will allow us to start winning seats sooner than later. Without that, we just have to keep at it, keep at it until some point the people make a switch, and then they'll be able to get something more than just this you know, PUDP system left behind by Her Majesty. Mm -hmm. Patrick, let me ask you, uh, you did a wonderful job. I, 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 in the little time I have, I'd like to speak to anybody else. That, um, you, is anyone else lined up there besides you? I know yes, you guys yes. are busy out there. Yes, we do. We have someone else lined up here. We, we, we have one of Billy's biggest lions right here lined up, Hubert. Let me put him on the lad. Brother Moore okay. from the, the show and the commander of the biggest show. Oh, in Moore, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moore's out here. Okay. Brother hey. Moore, how are you? Hello. Greetings. You need no, you need no introduction, Moe. <laughs> Greetings, my brother. How are you doing? We are live on the air or something, brother? Yes, brother, we're live, we're live, we're live. All right, give well, thanks, give thanks. We're live at the plant, the Corn Valley, uh, brother Hubert. Okay, and, okay. Um, yeah, there's a tremendous um, start uh, to resist uh, uh, absolute uh, injustice, absolute um, arrogance on the part of the administration to feel it necessary to bring the full weight of uh, cabinet decision and Supreme Court injunction to prevent uh, a young group of grassroots Belizeans from doing something that is just in, in every molecule of its design is upful, is creative, is positive, is empowering. Um, it is obscene that we should be here today um, expressing resistance on a matter like this. It's it's really obscene and reflects terribly on the discretion of the administration, the lack of it, more precisely. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they bring down the might of the, the whole, if you will, the whole executive branch and legislative branch on a little grassroots group from mile far to one. And, you know, yes, it, yes, it, yes. It, it's, the, it's the equivalent of the elephant being concerned about what the ants eat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what, most, what what's driving that? You, you, I mean, I don't see, you know, I mean, is this just, we're talking about the system, we're talking about just a particular it's part. It's shallowness. It's shallowness. It's, 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 it's shallowness in character. Mm -hmm. I, I can't look at it any other way. It's so shallowness it's, in character. It's a question of character. Okay. Um, is this just, when, I mean, we're not, I mean, land, as you know, is a national issue that, that transcends party allegiance. Is this, are we talking about one particular part, political entity, or is just across the board you're talking when you, when you make that statement there? I am saying that we have to hold the present administration accountable for its decision mm -hmm. on, on this matter. We have to hold them accountable for their behavior, their entire behavior. But on this specific matter, I am saying here that 
is no other way to interpret their decision or their actions than to come to the conclusion that there is a acute case of character shallowness, short-mindedness, petty-mindedness, qualities which uh, we can ill afford to have in leaders. That's my position on it. So mm-hmm. they, they have been unable to articulate any justice. They have been unable to articulate any concrete justification. None. All they have been able to do is to use the, the, the ample power that the Constitution affords them, the might, to try to step down and step on this initiative. That's all. Because mm-hmm. without a cabinet decision and without a Supreme Court injunction, they would not have been able to prevent Big E from planting a, a crop like corn in the buffer zone. Because if you understand corn, as one agricultural expert pointed Short out here term, today, yeah. mm-hmm. corn essentially mm-hmm. is a grass. It's a grass. Mm-hmm. It's a grass. It's a grass that produces something that we can eat, but it's a grass. So essentially what we're looking at is the government saying we need to maintain the buffer zone in its natural state so we don't want to plant grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, to put it very simply. But I, I was reading something, Mose, and you can touch on this, where Dong South, with you know, U.S. Capital, will also receive an injunction to cease and desist, and they ignored it in terms of the oil exploration down there in the Maya lands in there was no injunction, but there was a ruling. A ruling, okay. That demanded of government, yeah, there was a demanding of the government to get, that's a whole long story, brother Hubert, because um, that's a myth. That, that has turned out into a myth. But the original ruling had demanded of the government that it get uh, free prior and informed consent of the Mayans, which even after the ruling, uh, the government refused to do, and the oil company maintained its position on the on the land. Mm-hmm. Subsequent no. to that, there's been a perfected order which has kind of messed up things and made it a, a total murky mess. But um, the the fact is is that there's been a moratorium on rosewood, for example, which is a law against um, the, the the sale of rosewood. But still is still being cut and it's still being sold and it's being handled by government operatives. So there is there's ample examples of government using injunctions or or ignoring injunctions at their convenience. There's ample mm-hmm. amounts of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think still... what's important to see, Brother Newbert. Yes, go ahead. No, I was saying yet and still they they're gonna come down and I like like you I like the elephant and the ant analogy, but yet and still they're gonna use the, the might of the the system on the little grassroots people from mile forty one. Yeah, it's, it's 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 incredible indeed. It's incredible, incredibly obscene, mm-hmm. um, and and I feel that it speaks to it speaks to the fact that our system of governance, uh, brother Hubert, uh, basically resembles that of a of a monarchy where there's a king and, and a royal court of uh, upper elite that rule and decide what is best and what is not good and what doesn't serve their interests is stamped down. I mm-hmm. think it reflects poorly that our system demands a people resistance to correct uh, an, an, an obscene decision by a cabinet who did it anonymously. We don't know we don't know 
what they discussed. We don't know who supported, who, this, who where they, where dissent came from. None of that. Just this closed room of supposed um, best of our communities, and they decided behind closed doors that they didn't want corn to be placed in the buffer zone. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. It, it's really, it's really, it, it, this can only be matched by complete resolve of those involved here that we are not going to accept a wrong result. Uh-huh. They can change the law to make what we have to do illegal, but it doesn't make it wrong. And I think that we have to be very resolved to ensure that the right result happens, that, that we do not allow uh, the wrong result, that we don't allow injustice. Um, and, I, and I think that what has started here is the emergence of a, of a national solidarity where people of various issues and various ethnic and geographical coordinates are seeing what is common in their struggle, seeing mm-hmm. that the arrogance and the absolute nature of the parliamentary power has to be checked, and it has to be checked by our collective forces, despite our particular individual stories. These are the things that we have in common, and we have to, and we have to, we have to join forces. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. today we have representatives from the Valley of the Peace, we have representatives from Toledo. We have representatives from Griga. I mean, this is what has emerged here today. And I think it's important for, for it to be built upon. Um, and for us to put that pressure on the administration so that they can see the error of their way. What, what do you hope is going to be the outcome of this rally, though? I mean, if I look, I want to, looking forward, what would you hope will be the outcome of such a rally? Well, ideally, we would hope that the, the showing of solidarity would cause our leaders, our, our servers, because really the people are the government and they are served through these representatives. We would hope that these representatives would uh, reconsider and be moved and be humble and would come to some clean and fair and just uh, decision that they will accommodate this effort and that they will be partners in this effort. Ideally, that's ultimately what we would hope. Okay. It is not the more likely possibility, but it's ideally what we would hope. Okay. Secondary to that, if that's not achieved, we would hope that the message is sent to Belizeans near and far that we need to rally around this issue because if Big Ear is prevented from planting corn in that buffer zone, as I expressed on stage, it Mm -hmm. would give evidence to the fact that we are weak, fractured, and defeated people. So it's not just a matter of Big Ear being defeated. It's a matter that how it would appear, what it would mean, what, what it would say about us as a people. Because everywhere you go, even people who are supporters of the present administration, in quiet places they are able to confide in you and say they don't understand the decision, uh, they don't agree with the decision. 
this is not a this is not a question of whether or not the majority position. I am absolutely confident that the majority position is that big agency allowed to plant in the buffer zone. So I think mm-hmm. what we what we hope to achieve here is kind of uh, igniting that fire, igniting that fire of resistance to create the groundswell to ensure that the corn is planted in the buffer zone. Ultimately, Indeed. that is what we want. Okay, okay. Those are very lofty goals, and I and I'm pretty sure that um that that uh, that if you have more of these kind of you know like you along to explain more of this kind of resistance and demonstration that we're not going to take it will go a long way in achieving those goals. But I think one of the things I want to ask you most is in terms of big year, is big year just uh, that's a big year is, uh, is that just a symbolism for the greater struggle that we have as a people? Well, it can be considered as a kind of tip of despair. Mm-hmm. It can be considered as a kind of tip of despair because we are trying to create a solution around the issue of land and land distribution. And as you are very well aware, Brother Hubert, especially since you're a part of the whole Breda um, struggle, which emphasized the need to get back to the land and emphasized the need for us to be agriculturally inclined, I, I think that it's important that uh, this effort here be looked at in that context that it is the kind of the, the, the tip of despair in a revolution, uh, at the very least in our mind, mm-hmm. that we start to have a deepened appreciation for the value of land ownership and the issues surrounding land ownership and agricultural efforts. I, I think that's why it is such an, an important movement. Yes, it's, it's just uh, 51 acres, or it's just, uh, if we consider, you know, the... Moose, I don't, need to, I don't mean to cut you short, half, but so I don't, Moose, I don't need to cut you short, my brother, but we, 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 we literally, literally have like maybe 30 seconds left. We all the time, you know, because time constraints. But I want to thank you, man. No problem, sir. No problem. I want to thank you. We're no gonna have to, I'm going to revisit with, I'm gonna have to revisit this with you, and we're going to have to talk this, about this in more detail because we're doing it. We're not giving us any justice doing it like this. But I want to I, thank I think, you guys. I, I, big... I don't know if you've had the. Wow. I want to thank everyone for listening. Do the right thing. I think I just ran out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.